Do you want to have fun, change your life, and change the world in seven days? Welcome to Dance Our Dreams, where I playfully fuse music, motivation, and healing our planet through simple weekly experiments that help you achieve your big dreams and the big dream of our planet, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Aloha. I'm DJ Valerie B-Love, the vibe goddess. Our world needs us to take bold action now, and I believe every little thing we do adds up to make a big difference. Y'all ready to be the change you wish to see? All right, let's rock this. All right, aloha, Dream Dancers. Guess who I have here with us at Dance Our Dreams. Oh my gosh, she is a beautiful, sensual, embodied dance teacher, instructor, guru, guide, goddess. She's a former CEO of a beautiful skincare company, and she is here to share with you how to stay in your body, get in your body, and how that can help you along your spiritual path and along your human path. I am so honored and excited to present to you Miss Allie Cole. Aloha. Aloha, Valerie. Thank you so much for finding me and inviting me into your yummy universe, this way of sharing our messages with the world. Yeah, I feel so like excited. You and I got to have tea a couple of weeks ago and I had gotten to go to one of your dance classes, you know, a few months ago and I was blown away. I was like, yes, there's women out there who are creating space for us, you know, women of all ages to like get into our bodies in a safe and sacred and gorgeous way that, you know, it's, it's scary, right? Sometimes to like own our beauty and own our sexiness and own our sensuality, you know? And so I, I would love for you to share, like, how'd you start doing this? How'd you go from CEO, you know, of a big company to, you know, helping us women get into our, our vessels? Ah, it's such a great question. I mean, honestly, something in me, I was working in the corporate world and I think I just had that awakening, that recognition that I had lost a part of myself mm. and something led me. It was just, I was living in Manhattan beach in Los Angeles and a little tiny ad in our local beach reporter newspaper for um, this dance studio. And I just, I kind of cut it out. I didn't do it for a while. And then, I don't know, I think I had just had like a particularly stressful day. And my husband was like, when are you going to go, you know, to that thing? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up. And so that was my first experience. It was like a month long introductory offer. And I will say it was a good thing I committed for the month because when I walked in the door, I actually found it, you know, intimidating. There were dance poles in the room and I had never done that. And I'm used to being really good at what I do. And I found myself in an environment where it was new and I felt bad at it. I felt klutzy and unconnected, but gradually over the course of the experience, it was really the other women and the instructor and the way it wasn't because I got so good at it. It was the belonging and the acceptance and the celebration of women of all ages, shapes, and sizes just authentically moving in the truth of their bodies. It was that witnessing of these other women and the space of it's actually not about being perfect or being super good at this. In fact, 
you know, being good simply means being brave enough to show your truth, you know, to wear shorts, even if you don't love your thighs or, you know, strip off your top, even if you feel like it, if, you know, when you get to that point, I did not do that for months, but um, yeah, I would say it took a little while, but there was something in me that was hooked right away. And I'm so glad I was able to stick with it. And then I ended up studying and, and at this studio in LA for probably about five, six years. And then I moved to Boulder through a whole life change and other teachers. And I moved away from my studio that I loved. And so um, I couldn't be without this practice. And it was just a portal and a gateway to so many changes and beautiful, created life that I live now. So I got trained as a teacher and I had already gone to lots of retreats and intensives. So I was pretty familiar with it. Um, yeah. And then opened a studio. I built a studio attached to my home here in Boulder where I now live and teach and, you know, link the work of numerous teachers, sacred sexuality, polarity, relationship, spirituality, you name it. Um, it's kind of in its own blend. No one knows what exactly will be their own opening. So we blend it all and welcome women wherever they're at emotionally when they walk in the door. Yeah. Wow. I feel like when I got to go to your class, like I felt very intimidated as well. Mm-hmm. And there were the, the, the polls and I was like, oh God, I'm a total klutz too. I, I don't know how to do this. Like I know how to dance. I'm a DJ and I can go dance my butt off all day long and I can, you know, get my groove on and do that. But this was definitely a different, um, there's a different vibration for sure. And it yeah. did take courage to show up yeah. and not yeah. just like, Ooh, never mind. I'm going to run away, you know, but right. I loved that there were, there was a blind member, uh, uh, a blind woman, a there. blind mm-hmm. woman was in the class with us. Um, yep. There were all the shapes and sizes and ages and there was yep. no, like, it was just such like you said, it's the celebration of each of our individual vessels and the, the juice that's within those vessels, you know, that yeah. can come out through movement. I mean, holy cow. Absolutely. Um, what's been what's been the number one thing that has helped you become even more of, of like the, this authentic version of yourself because of this practice? Like, what has what's the thing? Like, is there like a? It's because I can do on the pole, or I can do. <laughs> you know, I know how to pick music for the songs, or I, you know, whatever it is. Like, what what gives you the like the like? Yes, I I'm so much stronger than I was before this practice. Yeah. Um, I'd say my answer has two parts. First, when I was a student and then when I became a teacher. Mm. The turning point as a student for me, and I think for many of us who walk this path, I didn't know that I was using this brain all the time. And I wasn't this below the neck vessel of wisdom and expression and desires and needs and intuition that how undeveloped I was in listening to. And I didn't trust it. I couldn't hear it. I didn't trust it, which so many of us who, who, you know, in the business world, um, and certainly the family of origin I had, and just, you know, in general, like the ancient wisdom of the body is not what we're really taught how to cultivate, how to trust, how to communicate. And we're also not trained in how to receive it, how to receive it from others. Um, it's scary sometimes. So, you know, witches were burned at the stake for probably just saying their authentic truth and intuition. So exactly. I would say first was really just becoming aware of this vessel of wisdom that I hadn't been paying attention to. And then 
tuning in, listening to that, cultivating her voice in this really accepting, loving, safe space. So that was kind of student. As teacher, and this I would really offer, this has served me in so many areas of my life. Um, I think we all reach a point where focus on ourself just is no longer the answer. We're good enough, we're perfect. And getting my attention off myself and onto other people, giving myself to them, trusting um, that my being in service to their journey um, was something that the world needs. Just this peace, this acceptance, like, it was no longer about evolving these little pieces of me. I mean, I've been at this, you know, personal growth journey for decades and like to be able to just be like, I don't need fixing. It's just time to give and to serve and to connect and help other women trust, discover, melt, share, invite, drop in, reclaim, um, and through the giving and the serving, yes, it all lands even more deeply in myself, but not from the same where it's about me and my journey in the same way as it used to be. I mean, kind of probably similar for you with this podcast. Like when you give it away, there's this kind of deepening, I find, of the truth of it. And the messages come through clearer, the channeling and all of that, because it's, 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 I don't want to say it's less personal because of course it's deeply personal, but it's, it's less self-conscious if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think one thing I noticed too, I was thinking about your studio this morning um, and I was thinking about, okay, I get to interview Allie today. Yay. <laughs> you know, um, I, I was remembering there's no mirrors in your studio. Yes. And I love that. Yes. And I was thinking, and you know, I'm looking at doing some dance our dreams events in different studios around town. And I'm like, I don't want there to be mirrors wherever I choose to go. Like I don't want, cause it does, it takes you out of the experience. Right. And so, and then, so for what you were just saying, you know, that it, it does up level you to be in service and it's not like you're doing it just to get back, but you naturally get fortified and, you know, nourished by being in, in this place of service. And I feel like, you know, for us who are over 25, <laughs> a little bit older, <laughs> um, it is our job. I mean, I think it's all of our job in this golden chain of, of wisdom throughout all space and time to share our experiences with each other, you know, Definitely. and, you know, we can do that through storytelling, obviously through connection and dance. I mean, we have back in the old tribal days, people dance around the fires, you know, and that's how we came together. And obviously we come together that way with festivals and with concerts and things like that. But it's like, how can we come together in this like micro tribe of really being safe and seen, especially as women. And you mentioned being burned at the stake for speaking your truth. Yeah. That's something that hits me for, I don't, you know, obviously I can't prove that I was a witch burned at the stake, but every time that's brought up, I'm like my whole body is like, been there, done that. Fuck. I hate that. Um, <laughs> and I feel like there's like this old karma that us women carry forward that we have to somehow safely move forward so that we can speak our truth with our sensuality. That is what got everybody created in the first place, you know, without fear of, you know, persecution. Um, Absolutely. Unfortunately, obviously there's other people in other countries who can't 
they don't have the freedom to move their bodies or express themselves. Mm. Or, you know, I was joking around with you earlier. I was like, I'm going to take off my glasses <laughs> and then I'm going to do my hair down because here I go. Like, doesn't Woo-hoo! it look great as a mm. woman to go be free, you know? And like, whether you have long hair or short hair or whatever your jam is, mm-hmm. you know, being locked up in a bundle is not the normal human state. Right. And like you're helping people get into their, their, their sacred, who, who they are-ness, you know, through this dance process, you know? And so what happens when we can all be free, you know, and, and move our bodies like that. So you had talked about, um, so, and uh, just for people who are listening to this podcast for the first time at Dance Our Dreams, we always like to just educate a little bit about a United Nations sustainable development goal. And to me, I believe that if we align our dreams, our personal dreams with a big dream of our planet, then we can co-create this beautiful world for everybody to live in. And so the more alignment and, and you know, feeling together about certain things, I think we can make better, bigger and better progress. And so the, the SDG of the week you chose is gender equality. Tell me why that's so important to you. It's number five. Yeah. So, you know, I worked in the beauty industry for a long time, which, which happens to actually be a phenomenal industry for women, by the way. Most of the companies have over 50% of their executives are women and any, you know, women love this industry. Um, that being said, what really draws me to this life I've created now as I've really mostly exited that world other than some advisory work is it's so sad how to see how often women are dimming our lights. We are reducing the energy and the capacities that we have available to save the planet, raise children, run companies, all of that, because we're feeling bad about ourselves. We're feeling suppressed or repressed. And so much of that is this societal just lineage that's been handed down. You know, in the ancients that we both referred to, we know women were completely celebrated and sovereign in so many ways. Our modern society um, has just really taken so much of that celebration away. And it's just incredible to witness in my studio week after week, which is kind of a recreation of that campfire that women used to gather around, sharing wisdom and opening to their truth. You know, if once you can shed your emotions, once you can actually start to take pride in your curves, which could just be like, the swell of your belly on your inhale, like we are holding our breath all the time. And at least in the Western world, we're squeezing everything so tight. This is diverting essential creativity and energy that is so needed on the planet. I mean, we all know that in the developing world, women are driving it. Women are starting their own businesses. Women are taking care of families. And so I really believe that both at the larger level, my husband and I do a lot of philanthropy and activism in that world, but at the one by one by one, the individual level of the mothers, the sisters, the daughters who come into my studio and watching them flower so that they no longer waste any energy hiding, covering up, trying to make themselves smaller, but Mm -hmm. instead they have these wide open hearts and this self-trust. I just think that like the power of a woman unleashed and then multiplied by all of the women um, 
it's just going to be the saving force for our planet and for civilization. And so that is really why I feel such a resonance between what I spend my time on and this particular goal, this SDG goal. I love it. And then so each week we talk about uh, an organization that's, you know, either related to the goal or just a, a passion project of our guest. And so you picked social venture uh, partners. Tell me about that a little bit. So social venture partners takes um, a model from the business world, the kind of venture capital model. Mm -hmm. And most of the people who join social venture partners have a business background of some sort. And we apply that to the nonprofit sector. So as you well know, most nonprofits either can't afford to hire the talent or they're small. The struggle for resources is is always present for, for most nonprofits. And so we are a bunch of individuals who want to use our skills and our education that we developed in the business world that normally would be for hire for, you know, extravagant compensation packages that are out of reach to a nonprofit. And what we do is we grant um, the nonprofits go through a funding kind of evaluation cycle. It's competitive, just like the venture capital world. And the ones that get chosen for investment agree to take consulting advice from us. And we don't necessarily take board seats, but we do go in and really bring, we might have lawyers that help with legal issues or human resources, branding, real estate development governance, whatever you need, we find partners who have a lot of experience doing that, who do it for free for you. It, just because they want to see this nonprofit succeed, they really believe in the mission and the vision. And wow. so I like this umbrella model. And for me, because I have such a rich background in the business world that I don't necessarily need to use in like a day-to-day -day life sense, I really... Um, I know these skills are very highly valued in the world. And even though I want to live in my yummy like dance world and stuff, there are organizations that need these skills. So at this point in my life, giving my skills in that way is something I really believe in. That feels awesome. And it sounds like, you know, you use it or lose it sort of thing. So you still get to stay sharp in your, your, your skill set, but you're, you're not committed to being the CEO of a big old company again, you know, but you yeah. still get to help somebody else who's on a big mission, you know, exactly. to, to do something awesome. So I love that. So we'll have all these links in the show notes, everybody. So you had said, um, so when we, right before we were talking, you were saying you were doing all these different workshops with all these fabulous teachers. And I want to hear some of the songs that you love to play <laughs> and why. And, and let's hear about the workshops and then the songs. Yeah. So um, I have years of study under a number of teachers who I just like have gained so much from and adore David Data, um, Michaela Boehm, a guy named Erwan Davon, who's out of San Francisco, Sheila Kelly S. Factor. I could go on, but I am a huge believer in giving credit to the lineages that I have benefited from as much as I add my own recipe out of all of it. Sure. Um, those are all wonderful teachers. And so at this point in my life, I've been invited by a number of those teachers to come in and guest teach in their workshops and retreats. So um, I bring sensual and body dance. Oftentimes, if it's a co-ed, we take periods of time where the men and the women are separate. So I would lead groups of women through various exercises, all movement, all embodiment, some Q&A, but it's usually in the body, to really help them start to shed those layers, start to trust themselves more. Um, and, you know, these workshops range from spirituality, sacred sexuality, relationship skills, um, 
you know, so much of having an amazing life and amazing relationship and sex life is really about doing your own work. So I'd say when I went into it, I was like, my husband needs to learn this and that. And, you know, but of course the vast, vast 95% of my journey ends up being just recognizing my own shadows and working with those and turning those into art. And so helping women and men kind of discover like that divine connection through movement it's really like my favorite thing to do. So, yeah. I love what you just said, like turning your shadows into heart. Can you expand on that a little bit? That sounds... Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the practices that a lot of these teachers um, use is something called sacred theater. Um, And so we take our kinks, we take our shadows and we make anywhere from like a minute to like a three minute art piece, art offering out of it. You know, you could write a poem, you could do a... a a skit, you could do an interpretive dance. It's really, you know, whatever you want it to be, but it is just amazing how creating this, the first time I had to do it, I was freaking terrified. I was like, I'm not an actress. I don't seek the spotlight. And this is my like darkest shadow self. Like, um, and you're, you go, we went in this random order and there were like 24 people in the workshop I was in with David Data. And I think I was like number 22. And by the time 21 other people who aren't professionals, or some of them are, it doesn't even matter. You realize it's just the courage of bringing your humanity into the light. You see yourself in these art pieces, you free yourself in these art pieces. And these are all parts of ourselves, parts of ourselves that are longing to be owned. Because when they're disowned and denied, they run us anyway, just from the background. So it's a really powerful practice. And the, the mini format I do each week with these dances, um, a little bit different. It's just interpretive dancing, but like it's an expression of whatever is there for you, what you want to claim, what you want to let go of, um, how you want to call in love, how you want to express your appreciation. And we use all different flavors of music to support the messaging and the journey. Um, music is like one of my deepest passions and one of my favorite parts of this. So I could go on and on, but I'll just share two particular favorites depending on one of them is I often use it um, at the end of a workshop or a time when you are really stepping into your greatness. You are really rising. Um, And it's a cover. Actually, both of these are covers. I find covers some of the most original interpretations, ways to get new things out of familiar sounds. So the song is Heroes. And the cover version I particularly recommend is by Peter Gabriel. So anytime you are feeling like you need to pick yourself up, like you have been through the war, and you are wiser for it, and you are a soldier in this path. Um, it's just one of my favorite songs for finding everything that that encompasses. Nice. Um, and then a second one, I'll add a very different kind of flavor. This one's much lighter, more fun. This one I just love when I want to like celebrate my juicy, sensual self. Um, it's not a dirty song, so you can play it around your kids or in public. It's a cover of um, an old favorite, You Sexy Thing. It's by Caleb Haley. And I think you're going to publish this so people will get it. Yep. And I invite all of your listeners when they listen to that song to imagine that they are singing it to themselves, mm. that you sexy thing is about you. 
this sexy right. thing. Right. It's a beautiful one. I, I sometimes play it like while I'm brushing my teeth or, you know, when I just want to drop in for a minute, fun minute or two. I love it. Love, love, love it. I love how much you love music. Like, I know it's this it's passion. It's magic. I know. Yeah. How can you imagine a world without music? Mm. No. I feel like everything is black and white. Mm. So sad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about our experiment of the week. And so, you know, obviously we all want to be like these fully expressed, healthy, sensual creatures, and we have these obstacles. What's, what's something that you do in your practice that helps you remember who you are or you wake up in the morning or, you know, any time of the day. Yeah. I, I kind of gave it away. <laughs> well, I love this question. And I was actually thinking that this is, you know, what I was going to say is for when you wake up, but I actually realized sometimes I do it at night when I get okay. in bed. So, so the biggest thing I hear from people is I don't have time. Mm. And so the, the practice I will offer for this experiment only, I mean, literally it could be as quick as 60 seconds. Um, or you might find that you get actually so yum, yummy lost in it that it's, you know, you're there for five minutes, but it's not something where it's like, oh, well, when I have an hour and I can create the perfect space. Yeah. Um, when you first wake up in the morning or when you first get into bed, it's to allow yourself to turn on your senses, particularly your sense of touch. So to allow your fingers, your toes, any part of your skin that is touching your sheets, to feel the weight of the blanket, perhaps, the temperature, are you warm and the blankets are cool? Maybe you have an electric blanket in the winter and your, your bed feels cozy and your toes feel cold. Bringing this awareness into the present moment through the sensation of touch, it will just bring you right into your body. And if you can remember to also connect with breath, these are things which ground us into the body, into the present moment. And no matter what is happening up here, we say in my classes, um, we immerse our brain into our body. You can't turn the brain off. Our brains are too busy. So this practice of stretching and curling and moving your curves, breathing into your belly, feeling your ribs spread, and soaking in the feeling of your sheets, the temperature, the silkiness, the roughness, it's an instant way to remember that you have a body, that you are a feeling being, and that you can fill up. You can fill yourself in this moment. You don't need media. You don't need food. You don't need anyone else to give you anything to grow full in that moment. So that kind of upon awakening, or if you forget, when you get into bed at night, um, is one of my like favorite quickies that you can do anywhere, even if you're traveling, even on a plane, you could do it, right? Like, yeah. can you find yourself in that moment? Yeah. So that's my um, invitation to your it. peeps and instant, sens instant sensuality. Instant sensuality. Ooh, that's going to, I think that's going to be the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it. we think it's so elusive and people come yeah. in in all kinds of ways. Sometimes they're even the word sensual because people think sexual mm -hmm. and it's like, no, your senses is what am I seeing? These gorgeous trees. We live in this amazing town. Mm -hmm. um, what am I smelling? Can I smell the roses or maybe the scent of my own soap? It doesn't need to be complicated, you know, tasting, touching, hearing, sensuality is not inherently a sexual practice, but we get so alive and so juicy that 
people collapse the two because we, we get turned on when we wake up to all this beautiful sensory world that's going on around us. I love it. I love how you delineated the two. And obviously they do get, you know, put together sometimes, but it doesn't, it's not just about the sex part. It really is Mm -hmm. like, even just like right now, I'm, I have a wood table that I have all my stuff on and my desk and I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling this yummy, warm wood. And just being it, just the sensation of whatever it is to remember, like it helps me stay in the moment and get grounded, you know, and feeling your hair. I mean, part of why, you know, you can take your hair down because you look a certain way, but it's really so that your hair can move and you can feel your hair against your skin, you know, Fingers are not the only part of us that has touch. Like all of our skin has all these touch receptors. So yeah, I mean, I just feel like our body's a, a playground and women have a higher capacity than men, a heightened capacity to feel. And, you know, don't miss it. Yeah, don't miss it for sure. Do you have a couple more minutes? I know um, I have another question for you that sure. really talks a lot. And I, I imagine I used to be bulimic when I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. you know, so I had really negative self body image. I had, you know, my parents always had the inquirer and all these other Mm -hmm. magazines around that. I was like, Oh, is that what I'm supposed to look like? I don't look like that. Uh Oh, you know? And so I really grew up with poor body image for many, many years. And, you know, even now as I'm approaching the half century mark, you know, there's parts of my body that I'm like, Oh, this isn't how I was when I was 20. Obviously I'm not supposed to be, but you know, I know that a lot of women, most women have struggled at some point in their life or another with, you know, you know, hating their bodies or saying, oh, my thighs are horrible or my boobs are saggy or I'm not pretty enough or the enough, enough, enoughness. Like how, how do you help all of these women just love their bodies and love where they are at in the moment, you know, through your, through your courses and your workshops? And, and yeah. Oh my God. Uh, that is the core right there, man. Um, I have crossed the half century myself, so I certainly am with that you on that journey. Um, you know, I'll offer two kind of portals to that path of self-acceptance. And I mean, it is a lifelong journey um, for all of us. Um, actually, I'll offer three. One of them is a big filter on the media that you consume. Like you mentioned the national Enquirer. like cleanse your Instagram, cleanse your Facebook, like really be conscientious. There's a lot of body body positive media out there now. So can you try and cleanse your own media diet from that, which makes you feel bad. Um, But too specific to kind of what I teach in the work in the, in the studio. So one of the things is like, for example, we can try it right now. So put your hand up in front, in front of your face and then with your gaze and even with your touch, Taking in the softness of your skin, maybe the delicate curve of your wrist, noticing the bones, the curve of it, maybe it comes right down into, and you notice shades of color. I'm particularly noticing the silky softness, the underside of my wrist is just so soft. Maybe you even take it to your cheek. So one practice, and we do this, you know, if you, let's say you're lying on your back and your feet are over your head, mm-hmm. our ankles, our knees, our shins, we draw your attention, the arch of your foot, the curve of your toes, your toenails. We celebrate all of the curves. We gently guide the awareness to the fact that 
you're missing 90% of your body. You habitually tend to go to certain places and oftentimes we don't celebrate those parts. So including all of you and noticing, and I have found that a lot of women, that's a comment I'll get like after an intro or something is like, wow, I never noticed how beautiful my ankles are or the, the curve of my pointed toe or my flexed foot. I love the sass when I flex my foot. So bringing your attention to parts that you can love, training yourself to notice the good parts. It will make it easier when you get to the parts that are more challenging. So that's one way that we train kind of that gaze and the touch and the, even the brain. The second way is through the witnessing of beauty in other women. Mm-hmm. And the more you celebrate other women, for myself, um, you know, I, my first class I was in LA, I had models, actresses, people who were 20 years younger than me in my classes. And I also had these ridiculously voluptuous Latino women in their like 50s and probably even 60s. And I found myself so drawn and captivated by the voluptuous women who owned their juicy, curvy, yummy, potent womanliness. Mm. And a lot of the model gals were like really awkward in their bodies and they didn't have a lot of curves and nothing against any body type, but I already love that body type. So like, how could I open and find inspiration? Um, And sometimes when I witness my women dancing in my classes, like there's moments where I'm like, I wish I had a bigger booty than I have. Like I'm kind of, you know, in the middle and it's just amazing. I would say through the witnessing of this beauty, this sexiness, this invitation, this juiciness, this all everything of the feminine form, owning, celebrating, and moving in her curves was one of the biggest things that melted untruths, harsh beliefs Mm -hmm. that I harbored about myself. I still accept that there's a societal ideal, but I know it's not true. I have an embodied knowing that looking a certain skinny young way doesn't always feel to a partner, to other women, to myself. It doesn't make me feel the way I want to feel. That's actually available anytime through, you know, these moments. Like I wouldn't want to have any other skin than this skin I'm feeling like right now, you know? And when you bring that to a partner, Mm. the way that they, you know, people take their cue from us. Women, we like to put ourselves down. It's like, there's this culture of like, you know, women not always being for each other. And I know the world that you stand for and the world I've created. And one of the biggest things I hear from girls and why they keep coming back is how much this is how they want to live. Women lifting each other up women celebrating each other. So those, those two practices, the witnessing of beauty in other as a way of coming to trust it in self, and then the noticing and the training to, to the delicacy of this, the strength of that, the you know silkiness of that. You have so many parts that most of us were missing it. We're missing. And so we train ourselves not to miss it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yay. Yay. You are so magical. I just, I love hearing the passion from you and the fluidity of your truth and your message because you've obviously lived it. And I really loved 
I like the part about witnessing other women is mm-hmm. how you can help love your own body. Like that's not something I would, it's not something that comes to my mind first and yeah. foremost. I think of the like, okay, touch my, you know, those things that are yeah. like of self, but like that whole being in, in as witness. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Like I love, yeah. love, love that. I'm definitely going to, you know, because I know for me, just as a regular, you know, regular old DJ, when I'm on the dance floor, when I'm dancing, when I see other people like doing their thing, like whatever their shape and size is, it's like, I'm so turned on by the people who are so just like, woo, I'm here. I got this, whatever. And it's not about like, look at me and I'm, you know, six foot tall and whatever. It's like, I am feeling life flow through me and I'm loving it. Mm, letting mm, it go, mm. baby, you know? And so that mm. to me is such a turn on. And, you know, for my soul and my heart and, and I feel like that's what you're sharing as, you know, another way to help become, you know, self-lovers. And yeah. I will say that you are that. And anytime, I mean, when we had that tea, like the life, the beautiful, exquisite, alive life force I am present to when I am with you, you know, this brain, don't hang out in this neighborhood, you know, <laughs> that's why like they step into someone else's world because, you know, most of us are so much harsher than is the truth of us. And people feel and they pull back from that harshness. It's not because we're not attractive. It's any time we're directing such a harsh energy toward ourselves. I think the soul does not, does not actually want to step step toward that, you know? Um, and so there's this like, oh. So anyway, I think that you embody so beautifully, so much of what you wish and long for, for women on this planet, people on this planet. Thank you. I'm, you know, one, one breath at a time. I'm working on it. I have my moments. (laughs) That's the truth. Oh oh my gosh. Do you have any closing things that you would like to share with, with the love tribe out here? Uh, Just a huge thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the good works, everyone. I know your followers are doing so much to help this planet. It is all needed. And to just connect energetically and know that you're out there doing this, listening, caring is so gratifying and nourishing to me. You know, sometimes we can all feel like, oh, I'm getting in my own thing. And like just being part of this communal handholding across the planet is just... I fill up on that. And if anyone is ever in Boulder, um, definitely invite you to come drop in and take a class. I think Val's going to give you the information about my studio and hopefully at some point we'll have retreats. Maybe you and I will even do one together. I know. I'm, con- um, I'm concocting one as we speak right now. Um, where, where can everybody find you on social media and, and websites and stuff just so people um, Yeah. So my website is centrallyembody.com. And my Instagram, which I, you can find all the information for Insta on that too. My Facebook is actually a private group. So you can reach out to me through the website. Um, Some women are sensitive to being part of it. And so we protect their privacy by not letting anyone, you know, just voyeuristically be in that group. But you are certainly welcome to join on in if you would like to just reach out for that invitation. And then um, just, I just created a new Insta. So I'm just looking it up here. Um, I think it's essentially embodied as well for that on Instagram. So you can look for that one and yeah, essentially embodied on Instagram as well. And would love to connect with your followers and keep spreading this beautiful, essentially alive, save the planet vibe. 
Totally. I know. It's like you can be sensual and save the planet too. So that's like a good combo plan for sure. Um, so, okay, guys. So you can go to the website at djvaleriebelove.com forward slash podcast. And I'll have um, all of Allie's, the show notes and every link that she's mentioned and all of her websites and how you can get a hold of her and all the magic that she's bringing to this beautiful, glorious planet. So thank you so much, Allie. I know how busy you are and I so appreciate you taking time to be with us and share your magic and your passion. And I'm just like, I want to, after we get off this call, I'm going to go dance. So (laughs) for sure, we got to go do that. Dance our dreams, baby. But, um, all right, everybody, let's take a big inhale and inhale love into our hearts. And exhale peace out to our beautiful, beloved planet. All right. Until next time. Until peace, then. love and aloha. <laughs> All right, big dream dancers. I know you want to start making a difference in your life and the planet today. So head on over to djvaleriebelove.com forward slash podcast for your free dream sheet for the weekly Dance Our Dreams experiments. And remember, I'll check you out on Facebook Live every Manifesting Monday at 11, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on the DJ Valerie Beloved page for support on each week's experiment. And I really, really do know how busy you are, and it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so other badass changemakers like you can benefit from this show too. Sending from my heart to yours. Peace, love, and aloha.